Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. If you've been listening to Trend Chat for the past couple of weeks, I've talked about the new book from Politics called A Clarion Call to Political Activism. And tonight we have the Politics to talk more about the book. Stay tuned. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And as I mentioned in the beginning, we will talk to the Politichicks. And I am a contributor for the Politichicks.com. And if you want to read some of my articles. And speaking of that, let me give well, let me give you the address first before I get to that. If you want to read my articles, just go to Politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. And, and speaking of that, have a new article that was just posted today about my time at the NRA annual meetings. And basically, this is the article that triggered some of these anti-gun groups before I have even written anything. Just the simple fact that I was talking about writing this article to go to the annual meetings and 
and to bring my dad to be part of you know some any sort of gun exposition of of any sort because i mean to, to call it a gun show <laughs> um that's doesn't do it justice so, but um but my dad has never been to anything like that and going to the nra annual meetings was his first time to take part of of something like that so that article was posted today and like i said if you go to politicist.com slash author slash brian bledsoe you can read that and um definitely you know if uh well if you listened to trench chat last week you heard the interviews and um that was uh you know, I really appreciate everyone that came on to speak with us on, you know, for an interview for a couple of minutes. I know a lot of people were really busy, <laughs> so I, you know, I definitely appreciate people taking the time out to to talk with us about uh, a various number of subjects. And because of that, I didn't really get into a lot of what was going on. And I know last week. You had James Comey talking to the Senate Judi- uh, Judiciary Committee, basically about um, what it was talking about Russia, about Hillary's emails and whatnot. And as we are just now coming on, just found out that President Trump has fired <laughs> James Comey. So uh, I think that happened about um, as of right now about two hours ago. So. You know, it was funny about <clears throat> one of the things in the hearings that I noticed where James Comey was talking about how he felt um, nauseous about the idea that he maybe he influenced the election because of what he did on in on October 28th and saying that, that he was reopening the investigation of Hillary's emails and whatnot and I guess he felt bad about that. And um, I'm just kind of thinking like, well, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have to feel that way if you didn't basically close the in well, close the investigation back in July. Cuz you could have just left it open. But he I mean, obviously he felt compelled back then to make the statement back in July that he was closing the investigation by Basically, I remember that press conference where during the whole time, he's basically indicting Hillary Clinton. You know, one of the well, the words he used that she was extremely careless and just going on this list of things that she's done. But then at the very end said, well, we're not going to, you know, we're going to close the investigation and we think she did nothing wrong. Even though prior to that, to him saying that, he was listing off all these, all these things that she definitely could be investigated for. So like I said, if he would have not done that, then he wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have to worry about having to reopen the investigation in October. So, you know, that's kind of on him in, in that sense. So, and also last week, you had the, um, was it? It was last week. I, I'm losing track, but anyway, the um, the GOP, you know, Republicans did um, the whole Obamacare replacement bill. It finally got passed 
with, uh, with some amendments um, given different from what was what they were trying to pass before. And so it was, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to not going to say like it was a total disaster, but it definitely uh, wasn't a repeal. I mean, kind of just go back to the same, you know, same thing I keep saying. And not just me, everyone, we all heard what was promised and what was not only just promised through the campaign, but ever since 2010, <laughs> it's been promised that we were going to repeal Obamacare. So it's not like it's something that it was just brought up one time for one election cycle. It was brought up numerous times. Anytime they that they had a chance to get in front of a microphone or in front of a camera to talk about Obamacare. Republicans was always talking about repeal and repeal, repeal. And, you know, I was, you, you had some that would kind of want to say like replace or whatever, but the main thing was repeal. And now we have this where it's not repealed. Basically. I know I posted some on Facebook of like, I posted a meme of like, <laughs> of a house on fire burning down and then a, and on that side it said what you think happened to Obamacare and on the other side it was just a house of just you know two people just putting a new coat of paint on a house and that's where on that side that's what actually happened to Obamacare I mean that's what I posted that meme and yeah um yeah that's that's pretty much what happened so and I guess to kind of take this to an, another, I guess, train of thought, because um, for me, now also the budget passed, which just, that was basically more spending, more government spending than just, I know I, I hear the logic saying that they want to just pass this, budget now and then fight for it later on in the year which you hear that been hearing that ever since 08 or i mean well ever since obama been in office put it that way and now that's not even the case and you're still hearing well we just gotta wait for this wait for that you know first it was well um well we need to get the majority of the house we need to get a majority of the congress and or then we need to you know get the Republican in the White House. It just always wait to this. Wait, well, we need this. We need that. We need that. And it's, it's never about doing something with what you have. It's always about, well, we need more before we actually can really do something. And um, this just seems like another one of those, you know, where, where they just uh, promising future action as opposed to doing something now. And with what is going on with the budget and also with this now this basically i guess it's well obamacare still would just um i guess you won't call it trump care now but uh both of these issues it, it's it is stuff like this that i can understand why the idea of a convention of states is is out there and where you have you know a number of states that have declared about um declared to want a convention of states uh in my 
state of Texas, uh, Governor Greg Abbott is an advocate of a convention, um, convention of states. And, you know, some, um, you know, some people are against it. Some people are for it. And, uh, personally, I'm not, it's, I've never been like, like on one side. So, uh, about it. Cause I feel like for one, it's not like we're talking about something that's outside of the constitution. This is, per, you know, this is in the constitution to call a convention of states. And so I don't have any problem with it in that sense. Now, the thing about it, it, it this is a gamble. Um, I, you know, from a lot of times when you hear about convention of states, you tend to hear it coming from conservatives now, but it's a gamble both ways because you also could have liberals to come in that, that like the idea of a convention of states as, as well, you know, because if this actually, if this came about, it would, I can't say it would be a free for all, but it, it definitely would be an opportunity for tremendous change. If that, you know, if this whole thing came, came around and this actually was happening, that the stakes would be so high, <laughs> you know, to have, um, for the future of our country. And yeah. And that's the gamble that, that is posed when you are, are thinking of doing a convention of state. So, but the thing about it, when you have, if you are in, you know, if you're conservative, especially in the Republican party and you keep seeing things like this going on in the, um, in the Congress where you've been promised certain things and it keeps, and when it's time to actually act and have the opportunity to do it, they basically either do something so small compared to what they propose and, or, or don't do it at all. And so I can, I can see how having this happen time and time again, just builds frustration to the point to where, okay, you look in the constitution, you see there is another option (laughs) and you feel like, well, okay, we've been doing it this way for, you know, hundreds of years. So, you know, let's give this a shot. Like I said, it's in the constitution. So I can definitely, you know, sympathize with, (laughs) with that feeling, you know? So I feel like if, um, I mean, I don't, don't know the probability of this actually happening, but it, with um with the Republicans going just kind of still playing scared of of what I don't know of, of the their Democrat colleagues they still want to be liked by the media or want to be liked by their I guess their their quote unquote friends on the other side and whatnot and just um not willing to do what they promised their constituents every cycle. But, um, the more this keeps happening, the more you, uh, have these 
situations like with the budget or with Obamacare. Let's say, for instance, um, with the with the with the wall. Let's go with that, and nothing comes <laughs> comes out of that. There's no wall. Okay, if and then um, just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, hmm. I'm well. Let me not just leave a long pause here. I'm pretty sure anyone that's listening could think of their own issue that is coming up and just imagine if when it comes up and Republicans just drop the ball once again or basically, in, I guess using a football term, they don't drop the ball, but they only move like a yard. <laughs> or, you know, they basically do in it, don't do anything. So, And as... If they keep doing this more and more, this the momentum of wanting a convention of states is just going to continue to grow and grow. So, and I mean, like I, I go back to, I just saying it, it is a constitution, constitutional act. <laughs> um, and if <clears throat> they put it this way, if it happens, and Especially the people in Congress want to get upset about it happening. They have nobody to blame but themselves because you have been basically half-stepping all this time on issues that you keep telling the people you want to do. And then next thing you know, now they have chose to go with the convention of states and want to get upset about that. You have no one else to blame, but the man or woman in the mirror. <laughs> Look at yourself. If you're mad about if that happens, just look at yourself in the mirror. I don't care if you're in the Congress now or in the past. If you have been in Congress for the past, I said the past 40, 50 years, and you are upset about it, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say you contributed in some way, shape, or form, unless you were someone that was actually trying to to bring change and just were, you know, stopped by the establishment or people didn't want to help you out but whoever if if they have a i guess if their conscience about what what would be going on if uh convention states happen then um i guess they would have to sort that that out with themselves like what did you do to to do what you promised to your constituents did you do that did you not okay if you didn't then you shouldn't be surprised that people would look for another way. So, yeah. So, uh, it that just something I, that was on my mind. I didn't get a chance, didn't really talk about it so much last week because I was still one writing the article. You know, it's funny. I was writing the article, um, for Politichicks, and then I was also you know, putting together the interviews and all that. And so that's kind of something I haven't done before and having all the interviews lined up and trying to edit and all that. Cause I am still trying to, I'm still f figuring all this out and, um, to have that and, and doing the article that, that it was a busy week, put it that way. And so that's why I didn't really get into some of these now. And I, you know, now that I have the time, I'm going to talk about it. Um, right now and that was my little rant about that so uh, yesterday at, uh, we are in Kenley 
North Carolina. And yesterday I was in Charleston, South Carolina with the Politics and as they continued their book tour and they were in Charleston for a couple of events and I was able to join them and had a good time with the with the book signing and you know I posted on Facebook and I I think I posted on Trench Chat as well on the Facebook page of me signing my first autograph and like I mentioned on that post I you know I said if I ever have someone want me to autograph you know the book that I had to get a picture of it and so so Anne Marie was right there and she took a picture of the first autograph and one thing I was thinking about as I was signing a couple of these, you know, the books and whatnot, I, I noticed that I don't really have like a little message to put <laughs> um, when I autograph. I, Cause that's something I've noticed not, not only from Anne Marie and Sonya, but just in general, when people are doing autographs, some, I mean, some just do the, the signature and that's all, but a lot of times people write a little message and it's, you know, saying thanks or, uh, hold fast to liberty. I'm just making up something. I'm just, I'm actually trying to think of what I'm going to start putting. I'm trying to think of a little message I'm going to write when I do the autograph. I mean, obviously this is something I haven't thought about <laughs> as far as what type of message would I write when I do an autograph? That's not something that ever came across my mind. Now, I, now I did shorten my signature uh, over 10 years ago. <laughs> and uh, I actually remember because um, my mom asked me why did I change it? And um, <laughs> I said then, like, well, you never know. I might have, you know, someone might want my autograph. So but <laughs> actually that wasn't the reason. The, the real reason was because I got tired of writing long cursive, you know. I, so when I did my signature, I did the whole my whole name. So Brian Bledsoe and all cursive, the whole, you know, both words and i'm like okay i i need to i want to shorten this and that's when i changed it basically for that for 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 the convenience and for speed i guess and you know and now also another thing i thought about that i really need to make sure my autograph my signature is consistent and try to i guess go through the same motions i am you know Sometimes it could be a little off because I'm not really thinking about it, but I want to, it just, well, like I said, these are things that are just now coming in my head the past couple of days um, of actually signing the autograph and whatnot. So, but yeah, we, we signed a couple of books. Um, well, I signed a couple of books. I mean, they signed a lot more books and, um, and we had two events and, like I said, I really enjoyed enjoyed the time there, and actually, in talking that uh, about uh, our time in Charleston, that's actually where we did the interview. And um, actually, let's get to that right now. And here's my interview with Anne Marie Morell and Sonia Sasser with Politics. I'm your host Brian Bledsoe, and I am with the Politics and. First off, I just want to say, especially to Anne Marie, that to anyone who has been listening to the Trend Chat or read my articles and 
basically none of this would be possible. You wouldn't be hearing me right now if it wasn't for Anne Marie, because she saw a lot more in me that I ever saw, and I definitely appreciate her for that and just all of this. So I just want to mention that beforehand. Well, I'm about to go speak in South Carolina, and now you made me cry. So I'm going to have to redo all of my makeup. Thank you very much, Brian Bledsoe. But, oh, gosh, you know how I feel about you, Brian. And for anyone who also doesn't know this, my maiden name is Bledsoe. So I know you and I are friends and are related somewhere down the line. So as far as I'm concerned, you're my cousin. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I I just wanted to say that. But um, I know that um, you and Sonia are both out on your book tour. And... Just tell us all, all about about the book. I mean, I've talked about it so many times on the podcast, so we'll talk about it. Okay. Well, it is a collection of writings from many of our contributors at contributors at Politics, and um, we've got some amazing, talented writers that um, help us and. They have so many different experiences. They've come from different walks of life, and um, you know they're really passionate about moving our country in a positive direction and really um, taking our country back to the core values um, in which we started and and that foundation, those core principles. So uh, the book is all about that. And uh, we've got, like I said, m- amazing writers that are experts in certain areas. We've got um, a couple, how many lawyers? Two lawyers, a couple doctors, yes. a couple teachers. Um, we've got one woman um, who was... She's an attorney and um, Dr. Sarah Condor, and she's also a former Olympic athlete. She um, she's in Italy right now, competing in a either either in bodybuilding or swimming because oh she's gosh, an Olympian in both. Ah, yeah. Well, she actually grew up in communist Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because many young people, especially today, have this romantic idea of socialism and the socialist utopia. But in the book, she really talks about the reality of what it's like living under so- socialism. So um, you definitely want to read her articles in the book. And um, I don't know. Amber, what else do you want to add about the book? I'm just, I, f- I feel so maternal when it comes to politics and people like Brian and, and all of you and Sonia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I honestly, I feel like a, a mama bear, a mama grizzly, which is what Sarah coined. Um, just kind of, I feel I'm so proud of the voices that you guys are putting out there. And, and you're doing the same thing that I started out doing that Andrew Breitbart encouraged me to do, and that's to go out, spread our message, and encourage and lift up people, and also hold politicians and anyone, any kind of corruption, accountable for their actions. And um, one of our new catchphrases for politics is shining the light on darkness. And um, uh, Daniel Greenfield, who I respect immensely, and he wrote the foreword for our book, he, he started talking about that. He, he was talking about shining the light on truth, and that's something that, that there, there, there is so much darkness and so much fear out there that it, it is our responsibility, the peop- those of us who live in the light, to help grab the ones that want to get out of the darkness out of there. There are a lot that we can't save, and we're just going to leave them, just like Moses had a lot of those idiots that worship the golden calf, even after they saw the miracles all along the way. They still, you can't save everyone. Poor Noah, you know, all those people that drowned, they, they called him crazy, and there you go. 
so that we can't save everyone and we, we all need to be aware of that. But the people that we can, it's worth it. It's worth it to put yourself out there on the front lines like you are doing, Brian Bledsoe. <laughs> and um, I've also mentioned about the book tour and um, just, uh, guess just tell us how that's been going. It's been a lot of fun. We started out, we launched the book in Washington, D.C., like on Capitol Hill, and then we went to Philadelphia. We've done some radio hits there, and then we went to New York. We were on Box and Friends and um, Newsmax and the David Webb Show, and uh, we did a lot of other things. We did a, a fundraiser for Vet Rest, which was really fun and exciting. Um, and then we've been in the Carolinas, and we've been in Charleston today doing um, events and, and radio hits as well, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're seeing a lot of energy from the crowds and um, a lot of people who really are hungry to hear, um, you know, people who are excited about getting the truth out there. Like Anne-Marie said, you can, you can just see it and feel it. And uh, I think everybody's been really excited so far. I agree. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, one thing I've mentioned a, a number of times on the show is that and to anyone when I'm doing an interview about the book is that this book is very timely because even though we have more friendly voices in Congress, well, in the majority of Congress and in the White House, this is not the time to really to be complacent because now you actually have someone who will actually pay attention and will actually care at least something more than the person who was there the past eight years. So I, I just I always want to mention that as far as how timely this book really is. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I get. I, I, I was worried about when we won you know, the House, the Senate, and the presidency that people would get complacent, and they would think, oh, good, we don't have anything to worry about for four more years, and then we'll vote them back in and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, now is the time that they are coming after us full force. The, the devil does not go after the bad guys. The devil goes after the good guys, and, and we are going to be bombarded with everything the left has to throw at us. We've seen it every day since President Trump took office. We're going to see it every day until eight more years after he wins the second term. We're going to see it after that when possibly Ted Cruz wins after after Trump has finished his terms. <laughs> We're going to keep seeing it. As long as evil exists, you've got to fight it. And we cannot rest right now more than ever. It's probably one of the good things about the left being so crazy uh, is that it is keeping us on our toes and really keeping us engaged rather than going back to sleep and just um, hiring the politicians to work for us and then leaving them unsupervised. So um, in a way, it's really a positive thing because it is keeping us uh, engaged and, and very busy. <laughs> so um, about the book in general, uh, well, Anne-Marie, what brought you to actually want to write this book? Well, well put this book together at least. Okay. Mm. It's kind of the same reason why I chose Sonia, Morgan, Brittany, and I, and I wish Morgan was here because she would love to be on your show, Brian. Um, Morgan, Brittany, and I own the website. And when I got MS, I knew I had to make a lot of changes to keep politics going because I really do believe in politics and what we do and our message and, um, and the, the calmness and the, the joy that we all of us exude. Um, so I needed someone to help me when I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, I was concerned about how I was going to keep it going. And so Sonia stepped up in a way as a friend, even though she lives in South Carolina, I live in California, 
she stepped up as a friend and helped me behind the scenes and was encouraging. And I knew that I needed to pull someone like her up, up a couple of notches. So I thrust her into this crazy world we're in right now. I brought her into the spotlight. I really wanted her to be a, a, a more important and a, a louder voice than she was able to do just by doing, you know, writing articles. And she spoke at different events. But I, I really wanted to make her key in this in this movement. But for me, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do what I do. So I, I put this book together actually while I was in Texas. I was, as, as you know, Brian, cause you came and visited me, which meant more than I can ever tell you. I was taking care of my parents. They were, um, they were both recently diagnosed with, with a disease. And so I was having to move them out of their house and move them into assisted living. And it was a very dark, scary time with that. And at the same time, I was also unsure about my own health. And I was thinking about how this, unfortunately, MSN, most people end up in wheelchairs and aren't able to, to do everything that they could do. So I felt a need to really push harder. And I wanted, I had been thinking about this book for a long time, threw it together as fast as I could, and then started organizing the, the book tour while, while I was still in Texas. And and now I, I really feel like, like if anything happens to me, I'm going to make sure that this keeps going. So we've got other big plans ahead as soon as this is over to kick this up a couple of dozen notches. Okay. Um, and the book tour has not ended. So uh, where are the other stops? Well, after tonight, we're doing another event in Charleston, and then Anne-Marie flies back to California tomorrow, and she and Morgan will be heading to Carmel to do an event there. Um, and then, of course, we'll be still doing radio hits and, and um, so forth. But then we'll be all flying back to Washington, D.C. Uh, for the Heritage event on March. May 25th. I don't know what month it is anymore. <laughs> um, so May 25th, and I'm sure we'll be doing um, more media hits up there, too, while we're there. And then we'll see where we go from there. Well, and we're also going to be in Vegas. Oh, Vegas. That was, yeah. That's September, right? That. Is it October? <laughs> it's, it's September, I think. Yeah, September uh, 15, 16, 17, I believe. It's gonna, we're going to be um, speaking at the Conservative Leadership Conference in Vegas. So y'all come and see us there, too. Well, that'll be a lot of fun. And um, where, I guess, all the social media and, all, and everywhere where everyone can reach you? Where can... Oh, um, like, where on social media... Um, oh, at Politichick AM on Twitter, and um, look for our Politichick's Facebook page. Anywhere you find Brian, you will find us yeah. lately. So we stalk him. Yeah, we. we <laughs> uh, and that's how I found Brian. I stalk people. I find people that I that are are just amazing voices, and that and that I know are able to eloquently and and succinctly and beautifully explain who we are as conservatives and Republicans. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's another big pitch for y'all always listen to trend chat because Brian's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I definitely appreciate those words. And I just say again, especially Anne Marie, that uh, your encouragement, your insight has done more than you ever know for me, because it's something I've never even thought about. I remember when you first asked me, do I, Consider no, writing. I, no, I told you that you would be writing for me, and I told you that you need to use your voice. 
Okay, yes, that's true. Because <laughs> when you mentioned it, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, I, I'm not, I haven't thought about writing at all. But, but, but given that you saw something, and I just like, okay, who am I to, to disagree? And, and especially if someone saw that in me, so I say I just appreciate that because by having that, that has grown me to do other things like this podcast and also other things as well. And I just always, I'm very appreciative of that. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, and thank you. Andrew Breitbart encouraged me to do this, and um, I, I got to do one of the last interviews with him. So I, he, he said, use your voice. He said, figure out what your gifts and talents are, find your voice, and wield them like a weapon. And factually. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I appreciate y'all time. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. We love you, Brian. <laughs> We're your groupies. <laughs> and... Thank you to Anne Marie Morrell and Sonia Sasser to join us. And um, yep, so you heard it in in the interview. I'm definitely grateful for for them and and to having me on to write and and like I said, definitely. And now here I am, <laughs> yesterday, autographing a book that I contributed to in some shape or form i i mean i've said this a couple of times on here just the fact that my words are in a book that's just <laughs> that's something in itself and then someone asked me want <laughs> my autograph for those words i was like oh, okay and so yeah so um you know definitely am you know appreciative of of that and and speaking of um, those dates, I would hope to be at the Heritage Foundation on May 25th when they are they are going to be with uh, uh, I forgot um, the Conservative Women's Network um, with the Claire Booth Loose uh, Institute. Now I probably said that wrong. I should have looked this up before I said that, but um. But that's going to be held at the Heritage Foundation on May 25th. Do know that. <laughs> Heritage, <laughs> Heritage Foundation, May 25th. That is what I know exactly. And I, I know she mentioned that they mentioned about um, Las Vegas. So that's something I just found out about. So, But I probably would try to make my way there uh, when that happens and Actually, the next event I'm covering for Politichicks will be the Young Women's Leadership Summit in Dallas um, in June. I'm looking forward to being there. To, um, Turn the Point is Turn the Point USA is the organization that is um, head of of that, and I'll be covering what I can, I guess. And also, I just found out that the Texas Tribune Festival in september as well actually speaking about that event in vegas in september but um i just found out that registration has just opened for that and that was actually the first place where i received media credentials last year was at the texas tribune festival so we'll see if i am (laughs) if i'm approved for media credentials this year I don't, I mean, it's not, I guess it's not like I, what I wrote about the festival last year was 
horrible. And I, I felt like it was fair, especially from a conservative's point of view. But I, I don't know how they feel. I mean, they maybe would take that and just take great offense. I'm not, but it it wasn't meant to be. I was just basically talking, I, you know, putting out the article from my point of view. And as far as the events that I was able to attend, I mean, the festival, there are, are a lot of things going on at the same time. So you can't be at everything. There's absolutely no way to be at everything. Even if you have a smartphone trying to watch it, because there's like four things going on at the same time. So you just have to pick what track you want to go on to listen to the lectures or the panels and whatnot. And you have to just, or just make up your own schedule because so much is going on. And so from the events that I attended, I just gave my opinion as far as, especially from a conservative point of view at I'm pretty sure that the people at Texas Tribune wouldn't dispute that it was a over, you said overly liberal I guess it audience crowd, you know, that was there at pretty much all these events. So, um, whoever was the conservative on a panel, basically some were booed or whatnot, or, uh, laughed at in some cases, which I still remember about during the abortion um, panel and talking about um, whenever the pro-life people would talk and they were kind of being, um, uh, I guess they, they had like people making uh, like awe sound, but being in a condescending nature. So yeah, kind of when they're talking about you know dismembering babies they're talking about that and and you have people in the crowd just kind of like being all condescending and like oh isn't that so sad they would and that's what they were doing when they were talking about killing a baby and i remember that that's if in if, of all the things that happened at the festival for the i think over there three days that's the one thing that really sticks out in my head, especially for me, because abortion is, you know, the abolition of abortion is something that is a, if you want to call me a one issue voter or that I would, if I had to pick one issue, that would be my issue. So, yeah. So that experience is just something that always stuck out. So, um, anyway, uh, that that's in September. And then I plan to go to the Western conservatives, summit in denver in july and maybe the value voters summit later on in the year so just a quick overview of what i plan on covering in the next year in the next couple of months at least so all right well that's it for the um for for today and really appreciate everyone listening in um looking at People are still listening, so I'm appreciative of that. And um, uh, what I'm trying to think on Thursday, we will have Deontay Johnson with the Black Conservative Federation on with us. So just letting you know about that. And then we will talk about, well, about his organization and also about Black Lives Matter because recently they 
kind of put out a challenge to Black Lives Matter, and I'll wait till Thursday for y'all to hear his answer to that challenge. So, so until Thursday, I will chat with y'all later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Zero seven zero zero. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Zero seven zero zero.